we're really, what I would really love you to do is tell us what you need. Tell us what you need to reimagine the areas we know need to be reimagined. I will commit to you this. If, if our staff will be available. I, I believe that if you come up with an idea that you think might allow a, uh, an adaptive reuse of something, we will want to hear it. And I commit to you this. If you want something on the ballot, uh, because it needs to be on the ballot, I'll, I'll put it on the ballot. I'll support Larry. I'm prepared to do whatever we need to do and support any idea, even if it's not particularly popular. Welcome to Deconstruct, a podcast by The Real Deal, your source for all things real estate. I'm your host, Isabella Farr, and today, continuing our three-part series focused on South Florida, we're talking about Ocean Drive, Miami Beach's legendary oceanfront strip lined with bars, palm trees, and Art Deco buildings. In recent months, Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber, who was re-elected to office three weeks ago, has been pushing to redevelop and redesign Ocean Drive by trying to woo local developers and making zoning changes. Last month, reporter Francisco Alvarado got a recording of a Zoom call on which you can hear Gelber and his predecessor, Philip Levine, talk about pushing ballot referendums to increase height and density along Ocean Drive. Francisco, can you start off by painting us a picture of what Ocean Drive is like? What is it known for? So Ocean Drive is what I would call the signature street in Miami Beach. It is the most iconic street on Miami Beach. It is the most well-known street on Miami Beach. When Miami Vice was in existence, the, the montage would open with Ocean Drive. And um, but back then, you know, the, ho- the hotels and the properties were mostly for retirees, the place where senior citizens came to, to retire and, and enjoy the last years of their lives. And then in the late 80s and 1990s, it started transforming. You had all these real estate investors, mainly um, Tony Goldman from Goldman Properties. He's the one that was considered the pioneer who came in there and started buying up properties. Uh, others followed suit and they started transforming these Art Deco hotels that were built in the 1920s and that had been home to retirees for so many years into these boutique hospitality venues, you know, making them real chic, renovating them, repainting the exteriors and trying to come up with, you know, restaurant and bar concepts that would attract, you know, younger people to come out to to Miami Beach. I opened Mango's officially March 30th, 1991. And I guess it was in the late 80s that I met Tony Goldman and Mark Soika and Saul Gross and Mel Schlesser and the Kay family and uh, the Milano guys and uh, the people who really were part of the Renaissance. And uh, little by little, I became so closely entwined with them. Uh, I, I, I was very akin to the Renaissance concept that they were believing in so deeply and uh, and these individuals you mentioned were these are other property owners, uh, investors that were coming in. At these the are other uh, property owners, business owners on Ocean Drive in those early days. Last week, Francisco spoke to David Wallach, who owns Mangos, a famous nightclub and bar on Ocean Drive. David had worked on developing senior housing for all of the retirees who wanted to live in South Florida. 
But after getting involved with other investors in the 1980s, he switched to owning bars. I chose mangoes, and to the chagrin of many, because it was, you mean you're going to, after so many years and all that you've done, you're going to start over in a business you you know nothing about that is as high risk as it gets on South Beach? People are going in and out of nightclubs and restaurants, you know, on a daily basis, it was seeming back then. And so I said, yes, I'm going to do it, and it's going to be called Mango's Tropical Cafe. A lot of buildings along Ocean Drive couldn't be redeveloped or demolished, given that the city has had such strict rules on historic structures and buildings to preserve the local architecture. But local developers like David started opening up bars and clubs and trendy new hotels. With all this new development, Ocean Drive became a hotspot for A-list celebrities and younger people. It was also like just a place to be, pretty much, because there was nowhere else to go. Miami Beach is where you went to hang out, to party. As it became more and more popular uh, as a destination, then it became more of a tourist trap. In recent years, Ocean Drive has also become a spring break destination for college kids who want to party. Like huge crowds, we're talking thousands and thousands of people coming down to South Beach and hanging out on Ocean Drive and drinking at the bars and hanging out at the beach. And it's become a problem for the city because, it, it, you know, it's created this like rowdy environment where it kind of seems like there's a free for all and anything goes. There have been a lot of issues with um, drug dealing. There have been a, a, quite a few murders that have taken place on the street. Is this why city officials are now pushing to redevelop Ocean Drive? That seems to be the case. That seems to be the case that they think that the only way that they're going to solve the mayhem that's going on on Ocean Drive is to bring in new investment, bring in new money that will further create, I guess, a more um, mainstream atmosphere. More mainstream hotels have already started to pop up along the street. Hospitality fund Optimum Development bought a hotel on Ocean Drive earlier this year, with Highgate taking over management. The hotel was renamed The Gabriel, part of Hilton's Curio Collection brand. So that's what they're aiming for, seem to be aiming for that kind of like um, high-end national type operator to come in and as opposed to having like a boutique hotel, you know, run by by a small ownership group. So that's kind of like what they're aiming for. So Francisco, when did city officials start really looking to redevelop the Strip? Um, city officials, uh, specifically Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber and the city commissioners, have probably been looking to, you know, to do something about Ocean Drive since Gelber was elected. Gelber was first elected in 2017 and was re-elected to his second term in 2019. He was re-elected to his third term a few weeks ago. When he got into office, he kind of like ramped up the push, kind of like, let's get you know, Ocean Drive cleaned up. Let's get Ocean Drive, you know in a different direction. So now it seems like Gelber and other city officials are really pushing to do something about Ocean Drive. Francisco, you got a recording of this cut-up Zoom call on which you can hear Gelber talking to developers. First, how did you get it? The Zoom call that got leaked to the media, I happened to get it from one of the candidates that was running against Gelber in the most recent election. And it was definitely like, you know, like one of those moments where you're like, oh, wow, this is really, you know, pulling back the curtain. Uh, on how things really operate. And what exactly was this Zoom call? Who was on it? The context of the Zoom call is that on September 13th, the mayor, Dan Gelber, his predecessor, former mayor, Philip Levine, and the city manager, Alina Hudak, had a group Zoom call with about 30 people. 
Uh, most of them included real estate investors and developers in the city. And they were basically pitching them on Ocean Drive, how they want them to come in and, you know, just come up with ideas. They're playing, you know, what they think Ocean Drive should be. But I'm convinced that you all are fully able to harness your, um, frankly, your, your genius, your resources, your imagination, and tell us what you would do to some of these blocks, what you think would work and come up with the ideas, and we will promote them. We will promote them, and we will implement them, allow you to go a little higher. You have to let us know whether that works for you, okay? And you have to, and that has to happen right now. And right now, there's a lot of capital who want to come to the city. We are very of great interest to the world right now. And that's the moment I'd love you all to exploit, frankly. And then I will tell you again, if it's a good idea, if Tom Mooney says it sure works with me, then I will, we will, I will push to put it on the ballot, or you can put it on the ballot, any, you know, forcefully, but without commission approval. And we will ask the residents, to, we will tell them, if you want to change this, this is how you change it. What did you take away from the call when you first listened to it? What struck you about it? Well, so significant about the Zoom call is that when that Gelber said, hey, you know, like, I'll support anything you guys do, like, you know, like even if, you know, including, you know, ballot referendums, even if they're not popular, he kind of tells you that, you know, that he's willing to to basically like go against the will of the people or go against the, the will of the residents to push something through that probably benefits developers more than it does the, the city. Francisco also asked David Wallach what he thought about the Zoom call. What did that call reveal to you? It actually revealed that my theory was correct and that it's very, very wealthy, powerful developers are creating it as a land, a land play. It's a land grab. David thinks that one of the policies that Mayor Gelber has been pushing for will push down land prices along Ocean Drive. In his mission to transform this strip, Mayor Dan Gelber has been advocating to roll back a lost coal for alcohol in Miami Beach to 2 a.m. from 5 a.m., thinking that this will help curb partying, illegal activity, and crime in the area. He believes that by, like, putting in all these restrictions, uh, you know, restricting them from, you know, when they can operate, how long they can operate, it's just going to make it harder for them to stay open. And it's going to come to a point where, like, either they, you know, tough it out or they cash out. And when you're looking to cash out, you know, sometimes, you know, people take whatever, you know, offer people, you know, whatever offers, you know, somebody's going to give them. And so that just kind of creates a domino effect. If one person sells at a lower price than the property is actually worth, then the next property is going to sell for lower. And then the next property is going to sell for lower. And it just becomes, you know, one, one right after the other. So he believes, yeah, that it is a real estate play, play to drive down real estate prices on Ocean Drive. It's like the stock market. You know, if you really understand the market well and you think see things dropping 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 at what point it's only gonna it's gonna hit its rock bottom the one who gets it rock bottom got the best deal and then if it starts to go up you all you have to do is with four or five votes change the law back and then look what you have oh we were so wrong oh we were just so wrong you know we made a big mistake but Let's fix it. And boom, you have the hours back and then you have the, the buildings at a rock bottom price and, and look what you get. It's, it's, it's the smart move. Is it the, is it the moral move? I don't think so. Is it the ethical move? No. 
my feeling is do the zoning. You want to create more height? Do the overlay. Why first murder in order to do the growth? So, Francisco, what do you think happens along Ocean Drive now? What have Gelber and city officials already done in terms of zoning changes? The city of Miami Beach is looking to, they have proposals to do away with bars, standalone bars on Ocean Drive. They want to like pass a law that says you can't open a bar on Ocean Drive if you haven't already been there. Uh, they also want to eliminate rooftop lounges unless it's you know part of a hotel. Like, but, you know, like the hotel can have a lounge, but it has to be for the guests and, you know, for hotel functions. It can't be a separate entity running a, a lounge that, you know, the general public can come come in and have drinks at. They're also looking at, you know, maybe um, allowing more density and height on Collins Avenue and then somehow having those properties connect with Ocean Drive properties. I mean, that's as far as like the extent of like what they're looking to change in terms of zoning. And what do you think Gelber is going to do from here now that he's being reelected for a third time? Well, the first thing I think he's going to do is, you know, try to again, you know, again, pass this 2 a.m. last call, um, you know, with a city commission vote. And um, it'll probably get challenged again in court. The city commission had already approved a 2 a.m. last call this year, but it got struck down by the courts when one of the one of the properties, the Clevelander, sued the city. Um, Now they're going to try and bring it back. But more than likely, you know, if it does pass, it'll end up in litigation again, because there's also this issue of the, you know, the mayor has kind of like hinted that he would, you know, allow exemptions for big hotels or nightclubs. But then, you know, it becomes an issue of like, well, are you doing this in an arbitrary fashion? You know, why one hotel and not this property here? Um, and then they'll always see like, you know, they'll, they'll look to probably pass these, you know, these, these zoning measures I mentioned before. Deconstruct airs every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or you can listen at therealdeal.com. For comments on this episode or on the series, or if you have an idea you'd like to share, feel free to reach me, Susanna Cavanaugh, or Francisco Alvarado at podcasts at therealdeal.com. Next week, we're continuing our coverage of South Florida. Reporter Lydia Dinkova looks at Demac Properties, a Middle Eastern developer that has bid $120 million to buy the Surfside site in Miami. Tune in then.